This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of transphobia in the drag community. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in plotting whatever the heck it is cisgender straight people think it is we're doing. Now, CJ, can you tell us what's on the buy schedule for today? I absolutely can. Uh, We are chatting remotely with Spencer, uh, who is a drag performer as well as just being an awesome dude. Uh, so hello, Spencer. Hi, how are you guys? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty good. Very excited. Cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, definitely. I am Spencer, otherwise known as Draggedy Ann. That's I incredible. A... <laughs> Thanks. I, I get that a lot, which just sounds really cockney, but... People usually like it, and I'm like, all I did was put a D in front of Raggedy Ann, but, like, I'll take the credit. <laughs> but, like, it's a really good name. Yeah. When you find a good name, like, you have to celebrate that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The name that I was going to choose for my drag name before that was Christian Mingle, because I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it didn't, it didn't really go as well with my, like, aesthetic, so I'm glad I picked what I did. But they're both really good drag names, if I do say so myself. Not to brag or anything. Of course. Um, they oh, they are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm a 21-year-old drag queen from Orlando, Florida, and I do um, female drag as a trans man, which uh, a lot of people think is kind of strange, or they don't really get it, but I like it, so I do it anyways. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, can you lead us on uh, your queer journey? The journey that led you to where you are today? Um, yes. So I, you know, was always kind of like, um, oh, I came out as trans when I was 14. So like, I've been out for a really long time. Cool. And, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I went through high school, you know, like struggling with, you know, getting my high school to be okay with, you know, me being trans and like using the right bathroom and, having my teachers use the correct pronouns and stuff like that. And then when I was 18, I took all of my graduation money and I moved to LA in the hopes of being a uh, productions assistant for music videos. And um, when I first moved, it was like kind of scary, but uh, I was really excited and it was something I really wanted to do. And I ended up doing it. And before this, I didn't know, like, really much about drag queens. Um, I had a couple friends who watched RuPaul's Drag Race, but that was about it. So I didn't really have, like, much knowledge about it. I just, like, kind of knew about it. And when I started doing music videos, I actually ended up doing music videos for a lot of famous drag queens that had been on RuPaul's Drag Race. And 
that's what got me into, you know, the drag community. And at first, I didn't, like, consider myself doing drag. I didn't think about it, like, being a possibility for me. Um, And finally, after a while of living in L.A., I couldn't afford it anymore. So I moved to Florida with my mom um, until I could get my own place, which I now live in Orlando. But when I first moved to Florida, I was living in a place called Daytona, um, right by the beach, which was kind of cool. And I went to a drag show there at a Hamburger Mary's. And as I was, like, watching the drag show, I was just thinking, like, you know, like, I consider myself to be a pretty, you know, quote-unquote flamboyant boy, regardless of me being transgender. Um, It's just something that I can't really help, and I feel like there's a lot of other boys that are probably like me. And I get a lot of, like, you know, criticism for it from, like, other people, which has always kind of bothered me because they let, you know, cis men be flamboyant without questioning them on their gender identity or questioning them about if they're really a man or not, which has always kind of bothered me because I'm like, you know, I'm I'm a guy too, so, like, it shouldn't really matter what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, I hear from so, a lot of uh, uh, trans uh, people that there is a... Like, once you uh, are out as transgender, then there's a pressure that you have to, literally every aspect of your life has to line up with the uh, gender stereotypes of your gender. Yes. Even though we never never hold cisgender people to that standard, which is bonkers. Yes, absolutely. And that was the thing that was bothering me so bad. So, like, as I was watching this drag show, I was like, you know what? I could do this. I'm artistic. I've been drawing for a really long time. I've always been super creative. You know, um, I went to hair school. I could do hair. I could, you know, learn how to sew. So I started doing it because, like, you know, excuse my French, but fuck it. Like, why shouldn't I? <laughs> Hell yeah. So Hell yeah. that's, like, what kind of started my journey, and now here I am. And I have an amazing drag family and a career, and I get booked, and my drag career just keeps growing. So um, it's something that, you know, is actually probably, uh, I started off doing it as a hobby, but now it might become something that could be more of a career later on, which is kind of cool. That's really cool. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I wanted to uh, circle back real quick. Uh, when you were, you said when you were originally starting, uh, like dabbling in uh, drag that you said that you didn't feel like it was possible for you. Was there any particular reason for that? Um, yeah, mostly like other people saying, um, you know, well, if you're a trans man, you can't really do female drag. Why don't you try being a drag king? Stuff like that. Um, I would have people saying like, there's a lot of, you know, people in the, in the drag community in the LGBT community. Um, there's a lot, but like not, it's not the majority there's a lot of people that think, like, you know, if you have a vagina, you're not going to be as good at doing uh, female drag because it's yeah. unfair or, like, you have an advantage because you were, uh, quote-unquote, born a woman, um, mm-hmm. which I, you know, think is bullcrap, and I constantly prove that it's bullcrap every day with, you know, doing drag and how there's people that come to my shows that don't even know that I'm transgender um, until I tell them. There's people that come to my shows that just assume that I'm a cis woman. Others, you know, people never know until, like, they talk to me. And that's, like, my biggest point is, like, you never know who's under the wig. So, like, why does it really matter what their gender is if they're, like, entertaining you and they're good at what they do? 
Yeah. It's like so much of drag is rooted in a performance of a persona that it's absolutely ludicrous that there are uh, there's the thought that somebody could not do a persona performance because of what their junk looks like. Ugh. Right. And <laughs> the, the main, like, one of the main things is that, like, that I didn't, like, want to be a drag king is because, because I get people asking me that a lot. And it's, like, because most of the time when people go to shows and they watch drag kings perform, they assume that it's a woman dressing up as a man. Mm. And it sucks that they assume that, but, like, I didn't want people to assume that about me. I get people more often assuming that I'm a male if I'm doing female drag because that's just what they think when they see it. Sure. There's um, the there's the mm-hmm. expectation that um, anybody performing, like, a particular gender stereotype in drag is actually, like, in the, real life outside, yeah. off stage is the quote-unquote opposite gender, which opposite right. genders are nonsense, but... <laughs> right, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, you know, and so, like, it just, like, makes me feel more comfortable as a trans man to, like, do that. And another thing is, like, all of my friends are, you know, cis gay men who do drag, um, female drag, and, like, why wouldn't I want to be a part of the same thing that, like, all of my friends are doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, like, the way that I see it, and it sucks that, it, like, people see it that way, but it just it, it just makes me feel better, and it's... I just really like wigs and sparkly things. Sue me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we were in queer utopia in which gender was not assumed based on what people were doing, would you feel more comfortable going into the world of, like, drag king, or do you feel like you have, like, a solidified... I don't want to say brand. There's another word for it, but like you feel that I do have a, I, I do, I do have like a solidified brand. You could call it that, yeah, with my drag. But um, I yeah, if I feel like if the the world was a little different and more accepting, and people didn't just assume things, then I probably would do more drag king stuff. But actually, recently I have been doing some stuff that could be considered drag king, but I don't really call it that just because again, it doesn't make me feel super comfortable because I don't ever want anybody to think I'm a woman performing as a man because me dressing up mm. in because me dressing up as quote unquote a boy and performing is just me putting on extra makeup and performing so mm. <laughs> it's just Spencer so uh I, but I have done a couple of performances like as a male persona um and the reason for that is because um I have two drag parents their names are Dahlia Black and Waka Shane and they are two of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. They are extremely supportive. They're basically my real parents at this point, since I don't really talk to my real parents that much. And they have, they kind of, like, encouraged me to do it um, one day when I was feeling kind of bad about, like, you know, dysphoria and stuff like that. And they were like, you know, like, why don't we, like, dress you up super, like, masculine and Waka will do your makeup super masculine and we'll take you out and we'll and like take pictures and tell you how handsome you are and I was like okay so I let them and it was fun (laughs) oh that's so sweet yeah yeah it is sweet and it's just like yeah so it's sometimes I do stuff that's like could be considered drag king but um I I just wouldn't call it that for myself 
Sure. I, I liked how you said it's just it's just Spencer performing then. Um, and we talked about how drag does have this big element of persona. I was wondering, who is Draggedy Anne? What kind of persona? I'm really glad you asked that because, like, when I first started doing drag, I created, like, an entire character for Draggedy Anne, like, and then a backstory and, like, everything. But, like, nobody ever, like, asks you that when you're, like, performing. You just do your number and you go or, like drunk people are usually just asking you about your hair and your costumes so like (laughs) nobody ever wants to hear an in-depth like character synopsis but um I will tell you because I love it um so when I was first like thinking about what I wanted to do with my drag first of all I have an entire wall in my room that has only teal wigs hanging on it Mm. and the reason why is because when I started drag um I was buying a lot of teal hair because one of my favorite uh, things is Vocaloids, which is like, I don't know if you know what that no, is. I don't. Um, it's a, it's like a, it's kind of like, a, I, I guess you could call it an anime. It's not really an anime though. It's like, um, these characters that have like, uh, pre-recorded voices, um, and you can use a program to like make songs out of them. And they're basically like virtual pop stars for, in Japan. Huh. Oh yeah. Like, like, um, like Hatsune Miku, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, her. Um, I based my drag off of her. And that's oh. why I have so many, like, chill wigs, because she's, like, my favorite, like, quote-unquote anime character. She's so cute. I love her. I love her teal hair. I love her songs. And, um, yeah, so I based my drag off of her, and Jaggedy Ann is supposed to be, like, America's attempt at doing a Vocaloid. Because, like, they're supposed to be, like, artificial intelligence robots, actually, like, Obviously, Japan doesn't actually have that, but, like, mm-hmm. my, I guess my story is taking it as they do. So, she's, like, an artificial intelligence robot that was supposed to be for, like, you know, it, that was supposed to be marketed for little kids, but, like, America, well, like, couldn't get, her, like, get the programming right, and she was, like, messing up all the time. So, they ended up, you know, turning her off and, like, putting her in a storage unit, shutting her down and being, like, you know, that's it, like, we can't do this. And um, she comes to life on her own and, you know, escapes the storage unit and stumbles across a nightclub in where she meets people who take her in as her family. And that's how she got into her drag family and performs at nightclubs. Oh, I love that. How is a drag story making me cry? How are we doing this? (laughs) I'm crying in the club. I can't believe it. I kind of see her as, like, a genderless, you know, entity, because she is kind of, like, I, I would consider her to be, like, just kind of like a robot. Right. So she's, like, a genderless robot, like, pop star, like, drag princess, I don't know. <laughs> I love this combination of words. <laughs> so I am, I am not a person. thought you were here. Yes. I am a person who <laughs> doesn't, uh, I, I mean, like, I perform as a guest on drag shows occasionally, but I am not very much in the world of drag. Should I be asking more drag performers their backstories? Like, is there an unlocked, an untapped universe that I am not aware of? Because I was like, oh my god, they picked this song. Wow, cool. You know, maybe. Um, I I know that um, Alaska, who was on Drag Race, I know that she had, like, her kind of own backstory for Alaska, how she was, like, from a different planet, like, came to Earth or whatever. Um, and she said that, like, in an interview once. Um, but I don't know if anybody else really has one. I made one just because, like, I thought you were supposed to. 
when I saw, like, how <laughs> to do that. <laughs> and then also, I just really like making characters and stuff. Like, I've always wanted to, like, I, I draw a lot. And I've always, like, one of my dreams, like, before finding drag was to become a cartoonist or, like, a comic artist. And I, I, I came up with a story and a concept and, like, characters for an entire comic book, and I just, like, never got to draw it. And now you get to be the cartoon. And now I get to be the cartoon. I do. It's so fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So, drag performance and uh, the concept of drag in general has a, a huge, huge uh, history, and it has developed into so many different things over time. As a younger drag performance, where do you see the future of drag going? Ooh. I see it heading in a more inclusive direction and when i say that i mean like currently as of now uh rupaul's drag race does not allow cis females on their show and it does not allow um well i don't know if they're changing it but rupaul recently got a lot of backlash for saying that she does not want trans women on her show because it is unfair that they already have you know surgery for their uh breasts and hips which um a lot of people got angry about because there are plenty of cis male performers uh who have been on the show who have had facial work done and you know hip and butt work done but because Mm. they weren't trans i guess that didn't count um so a lot of people got mad about that rightfully so and she recently um there's an all-star season coming out in which she put Gia Gunn on, who is a trans woman, who is out and has already started her medical transition. So um, hopefully they're moving in the right direction with that after the backlash that they got. But um, no one can really be sure. And it's like, for me, I don't don't really want to support a platform that like does that to their own community since trans women did kind of start drag, especially like trans women of color and with ballrooms and stuff, and there's a lot of drag culture we wouldn't have today if it wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. But I do see it moving in a more inclusive direction. Um, My, because first of all, like, there's lots of drag performers of diversity here in Orlando. I've never really had an issue in Orlando getting, you know, booked for anything. I've never had an issue being included in anything here, uh, and neither has my non-binary friends and my uh cis female friends have not really had any issues either which is great um that we are mostly accepted here in our community because that's how it should be um and then there's also dragula which is kind of like a goth version of drag race i don't know if you've heard of it i have not oh i'm a big fan (laughs) oh you are oh okay well um my drag mother dahlia black her drag mother victoria black was just recently on this on the show oh yeah she was my pick for uh season two (laughs) good because if you didn't say that i might have had to hang up (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um victoria was just on the show and um the boulet brothers have said that they would uh allow you know anybody of any gender um expression and any you know identity onto their show and any kind of like drag like drag kings are also allowed on their show which is not allowed on rupaul's drag race either and they're gaining they're slowly picking up you know popularity and i it's happening i feel like because of this uh we're kind of in this like age of drag where i i feel like other shows might end up popping up eventually as well that are also inclusive and um kind of it will kind of end uh rupaul's reign i believe um 
And yeah, so I really feel like it's the dra- like the drag community is going to keep you know picking up and keep gaining popularity and uh, visibility, which I think is great because if it becomes you know mainstream enough and enough people get into it, then um, more and more people will be able to learn about you know queer history and gender expression and the performance of you know costume and like the performance of you know gender stereotypes and stuff like that and hopefully it will lead to those people being more inclusive in their day-to-day lives and more tolerant in their day-to-day lives i can talk (laughs) i like that i i um see a lot more um gender inclusivity uh though i mean there may be things i'm missing because i'm not within the community but uh philadelphia's drag community also features a lot of artists uh, whose um, focus is not on, like, quote-unquote, performing a gender, but, like, uh, I see it going in, like, a lot of different, like, a very genderful uh, presentation. Uh, for example, we have a, a competition called Mix Everything that uh, just uh, started uh, season recently, but, like, it's literally, like, a plethora of people with different identities uh, just competing in like drag regardless of like their expression their identity anything like that and um i think that uh if drag in general goes in that direction uh that would be a wonderful thing yeah i definitely think it will and that's incredible and we also have something similar to that here um it's called orlando's drag race live i was actually in the last season of it and so was my good friend venus envy um who is a cis woman who does drag um, and then also my friend Lulu Cavalli, who is a trans woman that does drag. So you had a trans man, a trans woman, and a cis woman, which I thought was, like, awesome because I just, you know, feel like, you know, people who aren't cis men deserve to be represented in their drag as well. Hell yeah. And whatever they're doing. Let people perform. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're as cute as I am. Ugh. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so, what is something that you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time, and then you never have to tell them it again? Like, if they ask you, you could be like, listen to this podcast. I already said it. Done. I could, like, say it, and then, like, they would never need me to repeat it, and they would just get it. Yeah, you can just get it over with. Yeah, you just take a sound clip. Oh can I just give them my entire Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Just here, follow this, read it, you know, pay attention. All of this is what you need to know. Because that's all I do. Well, I mean, I also talk about how much I love cats and sushi, but that's a different story. I did look at your Twitter and just saw so many cats, which was just a treat. (laughs) I was like, it's cats all the way down. You looked at my Twitter. It would be a My Gay Agenda first, but I think a very welcome one for the thing to say to cishet people would just be, follow me on Twitter. Look at my transgender rants and also pictures of cats. Who doesn't want that? Yes. Absolutely. It'll give your brain a break from all of the complaining that I do. Mm. (laughs) I always, uh, I find it funny whenever um, I tweet about something very innocuous and then uh, or, like, post about something very innocuous, and then somebody decides to follow me based on that, and I'm like, buckle up for a lot of queer feminism, because you're gonna get that oh, now. Yeah, that's, like, that's, like, I, okay, so, um, if you couldn't already tell, I really like anime. Um, currently, I'm really into My Hero Academia, and Ugh. do you like, do you like My Hero? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm actually, there's, like, 
there's a convention next month that I'm going to, and I'm cosplaying Deku. I'm so excited. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's literally, like, sitting in my closet right now. My drag sister lent me the outfit, and I'm about, I, like, I still have to style the wig, but, like, I'm so excited. But anyways, um, I posted pictures, like, uh, trial pictures in the cosplay just to see if it fit me. And, um, I also, like, I didn't wear the wig. I just dyed, like, I, I have green hair because I dyed it green to look like Deku because I'm that weeb. <laughs> I took, like, pictures and, like, posted them on my Twitter and, like, for, like, a week straight, that's, like, all that I tweeted about was, like, my hero because I was making my friend watch it, so I was, like, live-tweeting it as I was watching it with my friend, and um, so a bunch of people followed me, like, because of it, and, like, I'm, like, okay, well, after I'm done with this, like, you're just gonna get cats and drag and, like, trans stuff, so if you're okay with that, then, like, that's cool. True. <laughs> I guess the actionable step for cishet people, if you're listening to this, follow Spencer on Twitter. Uh, also, listen to queer people in general and follow us on Twitter and hypothetically listen to queer interview podcasts made by independent artists. I don't know. Just maybe, you know. That, I think that's like, the, I, I think that's what I would tell them is just to like actually listen to queer people when they like speak about things just like just like listen yeah just like let them you don't have to make guesses about how we feel you can just listen (laughs) yeah but also follow us on twitter really easy to do all you have to do is stop talking and take in the words it's so easy yeah i actually listen to people all the time when they speak to me so (laughs) true all right uh so (laughs) spencer aka draggedy ann what is on your gay agenda i was excited for this question my gay agenda is to, I've, I've like two. The first one is to build a platform big enough with my drag where I can start a foundation that helps fund uh, medical surgeries for trans people. Because oh. one, of the things, one of the things that I'm currently struggling with right now is raising enough money to get my top surgery. Um, I, li- I pretty much live by myself. My family doesn't help me with anything. I pay all of my own bills. The only person that really helps me is my biological mother. Um, but, you know, she's not always the best with trans things. So uh, that's difficult. And I just never really want anybody to go through what I've been going through, you know, for the past two years, trying to raise this money and not being able to and like still having to pay my all my own bills. And I'm sure there are trans people who are in situations very similar to mine. There's probably thousands, and I hate the idea of, like, thinking about anybody having to go through what I'm going through and the feelings that I'm going through, and I really just want to do something to help, you know, other trans people so they don't have to feel the way that I feel, and that's, like, one of my biggest goals when my drag started picking up was, you know, if I get a platform big enough, I can do something to help other trans people, so that's my first gay agenda. And my second is, you know, something I talked about earlier. Um, I, I want to actually write that comic that I always dreamed about writing when I was in high school. And what I wanted to go to school for was, you know, drawing. Uh, I want to, hopefully I can get a platform big enough to write and draw this comic and actually have people buy it and read it. So that would be cool. So those are my gay agendas. Heck yeah, those are both lovely. Yeah, best so, of- Cartoons and money for trans people. Yeah. Best of luck with both of those endeavors. Uh, They both sound incredible. Uh, Let's move on to the game, Jen. Oh, yes. All right. So 
there has been a big trend in uh, drag, queen, drag queen story time lately, where a lot of public libraries and children's museums will have drag queens come and read stories to young children, which is a super cool trend. As somebody who works with kids all the time, I've seen it have a very positive influence. But of course, there are those people who are like, Ugh, it's a ta tactic of the gay agenda to push gay stuff on kids. Yes. So, we were hoping that you could help us come up with an idea for a children's story that, like, hypothetically, Draggedy Ann could read to a group of kids that would actually push our personal gay agenda. <laughs> we don't have to write a whole book, but let's, like, just come up with a fun concept. <laughs> um, so... How about a story about two cats? I'm already on board. <laughs> who are both gay, and they... <laughs> I don't know. I already love it. We're off to a great start. Two cats, but they're both gay. Yeah, and they're best friends, and they have a magic broomstick that takes them all over the world to dispense glitter on all of America. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> Gay glitter cats. <laughs> Those are I just love some it. of my favorite things. Cats, broomsticks, glitter. Gay. Can I propose a title? Yes. It's raining cats and glitter outside. That's perfect. Children will love that. Can one of the gay cats dress like a drag witch? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want this book to be real. <laughs> I want the other gay cat to be wearing a Bulbasaur costume. A Bulbasaur costume? Yes. All right, it is done. <laughs> yeah, I can fucks with that for sure. So shall it be. <laughs> what What do we think are the cat's names? Um, the one in the Bul Bulbasaur costume's name is definitely Norman. <gasps> yes. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and Norman goes by they, them pronouns as well. Amazing, amazing. Yes. And who's their friend? Um, the drag witch cat. Do you want to come up with a name or do you want me to? My first thought was absolutely terrible, so I don't... <laughs> do it. So my first thought was just like that Bond girl, Pussy Galore. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we could put that in a children's book. Right, that'd be tough. Yeah, I just thought cat. <laughs> I appreciate the direction. Cat, I just like you could you, you could maybe just say kitty galore and like it's just like and assumed then, that you know adults would call it call call them pussy galore. I like it. It's it's child friendly, but it, it's a little a little joke slash reference for the grown ups in the audience to get. Right, like they used to do that with fairly odd parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cats, I can hear my meowing in the hallway. Oh. <laughs> he sounds very distressed. The thing, oh. the thing that I love about this podcast, between, besides a lot of things, is we've had a lot of pets as guest stars unintentionally, and I think yeah. that's beautiful. I, think, I, I can literally hear him meowing. It means my roommate locked him out of his room, and now he's sad because there's no one to give him attention because my door is also closed. Oh. What a tragedy. What's your I cat's know, name? He's having a bad day. Um, his name is Dobby. <gasps> oh, like the house elf? Yeah, like Harry Potter. Oh. 
Yeah, he's all black with like he's got some white, and then he has two he has two little white spots on his nose, and then he has like the biggest eyes ever. So like sometimes when I look at him, I'm like, you know, if I didn't know it better, I would think that you just did a whole lot of cocaine because that's what it looks like. Oh, I'm already in love with him. <laughs> and he like he does this thing where he'll just like he'll be so chill, he'll just be chilling and like sitting there, and then suddenly he'll feel the need to just like run really fast to a random spot in the house and then he'll be done he'll be like yeah i needed to do that really quick and then he'll just sit back down (laughs) a very urgent matter yeah like he just needs to zoom really quick and then he's done and i'm like okay that's fine (laughs) all right cool you know sometimes you sometimes you just gotta zoom sometimes you just gotta zoom petition for a dobby (laughs) cameo in this book oh yeah absolutely dobby is Dobby is like the extra protagonist that comes in like oh no 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 Dobby is the one that's uh, like okay you know how in Kim Possible she gets all her like tech stuff and like gadgets from that one boy who never comes to school but he's always like on his phone yeah oh wait yeah Yeah, Dobby did that in this story yes (laughs) I love it Dobby will give Kitty Galore and um Norman the the coordinates for places they have to fly to disp- dis- dispense glitter. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Beautiful. Amazing. I kind of, I kind <laughs> of want no antagonists in this. I just want like a wholesome journey through the world to dispense glitter. There's like a bunch of little kids at a park, and like the cats come through the sky, and they're like, "What's that?" And the cats come down, and they're like, they just like spray glitter everywhere, and the kids are like, "Yay!" And the cats are like, "Goodbye." I love it. It's yeah, it'll be like one of those stories that's like not like, oh no, there's a problem. Just kind of like, oh, we go to this place and this place, and at the end, it's like, oh, what a good day. We did all this good work. Time to go to bed. Yeah, uh, I love these cats. That's I Me love too. it. I love it. Publish it. Somebody, anybody who writes children's books, we have a (laughs) wonderful, lucrative idea. Coming soon to a children's bookstore near you, it's raining cats and glitter outside. Perfect. Yes. The best story. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for helping us create this masterpiece. Yeah. You're very welcome. Uh, Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Um, I do. So I have my Instagram, which um, I'm... You know, getting pretty close to 3,000 followers, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a pretty big milestone for me since I've only been doing drag for two years. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be nice. Um, it's at Draggedy Ann. Uh, it's Raggedy Ann with a D at the front and an E at the end. Same as my Twitter. My Twitter's the same thing. Um, I guess you can follow that if you want. Um, but like a lot of that's just me complaining about not being able to eat sushi because it's too expensive. Mm. Um <laughs> Uh, but my Instagram is where I post all of my makeup looks, and I also sometimes post boy selfies, and I post a lot on my story. And uh, on pinned to the top of my Twitter is my GoFundMe for my top surgery. So if you would like to go check that out as well, uh, I wouldn't be upset about it. And um, yeah, so sometimes I also do art commissions. So if you are ever interested in that just keep a lookout on my instagram i usually post there when i'm taking them great i just followed you on both <laughs> yay all right uh as always listeners if you like my dumb jokes and all that you can find me on twitter at underscore glitter goblin underscore and i link to my instagram from there because i do lots of selfies and sometimes art <laughs> glitter goblin if there was a bad guy 
in the cat book, it would be a glitter goblin. Oh no, I'll be the antagonist. (laughs) The antagonist was inside of us all along. I knew it. (laughs) And as always, you can find My Gay Agenda on iTunes. And if you're there, why not rate and subscribe? Uh, That really helps uh, get the word out about what it is we're doing. On Facebook, we are My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast. On Twitter, we are Gay Agenda Cast. And if you're in a particular giving mood after this Transgender Awareness Week, why not make a monthly contribution to our Patreon? We have a bunch of cool stuff, including uh, artwork that Jen does and the occasional one-off podcast for when we want to talk about things that aren't gay shit. Anyone who's cishet owes us $5. Sorry, I don't make the rules. <laughs> All right, and until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Go find a cat to pet. I really want to go pet my cats now. Do it. You're welcome. And that's our gay agenda. 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 That's our